and Gatling got away brilliantly and he's ahead of the field at the moment and uh, Bolt going very and here comes Usain Bolt! Usain Bolt! Hey guys, welcome back to Off The Grid, a practical guide for shitting load shitting. This is Jonathan Varnke, your host. And once again, I am walking along Melkbos Strand Beach, looking at the Kuburg nuclear power station, which is still undergoing repairs, and I think those have been delayed, surprise, surprise. Yesterday as well, there was the announcement that uh, the city of Cape Town is investing in a massive, I think it's a one megawatt photovoltaic array that's going to uh, solve one level of load shedding for residents of the city of Cape Town, so that's great. But this episode is about who you can trust. That they may take our lives, but they'll never take our free. Go checking. As solar power has exploded in popularity over the last few years, so has the number of people claiming to be legitimate suppliers and installers. Here's Jean-Claude Malingret from Rubicon. It might not even be a scam, but you'll find every electrician under the sun is now trying to get into the solar business, so they don't really understand the equipment. The simple economics of supply and demand have meant that thousands of electricians have seen that there's money to be made in solar, and so they've decided to reskill themselves or hire up to meet that demand. The problem, according to my guests, is that installing solar systems is not easy. There are multiple pieces to each install, inverters, batteries, panels, cables, and other fiddly bits like controllers, monitoring dongles that I don't even know about. They're drilling things into walls and roofs, they're reworking your house's entire power supply. This is not for beginners, and a faulty installation can be a real danger, and can void your insurance claim if something goes wrong. Here's Matthew Cruz from Home Energy. There's a lot of bad stereotypes that are coming over from the building sector into the solar installation sector in that you get a whole bunch of people that used to do building and wiring, thinking that's just a bit different and, and very similar to that, and then applying the Bucky Brigade model to solar installations. So we're hearing people taking deposits and then like kind of running away with it. They really try to undercut and underquote the quality installers, the people that are that are recommending tier one products that have the warranties of, of good battery and, and you know lithium-ion battery. And so they'll typically then give a quote that's half the price using lead-acid batteries or lead batteries. Uh, and an inverter that isn't registered with the council because they they know that the client doesn't know that. So we, we've seen, even at a, a CEO's house of a, of a health company, an inverter that isn't allowed in the city of Cape Town. And that's an example of an installation that stopped working within three weeks from it taking place. And then him trying to get hold of the installer and then his number was blocked and they had no recourse. And then he had to end up spending a lot more money to go and fix the, the problem now of the installation that was at his house. We've seen lots of pictures of solar insulation is going up in flames. Insurance companies are not paying because the homeowners did not go through the COC or the SCCG application. And so unfortunately, because the clients and the population in general is not that knowledgeable about what's needed for solar installations, you get unfortunately parties that are going and exploiting that ignorance. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our independence. So for today's show, I talk to my expert guests about what kinds of scams you may see out there, what are the red flags you can spot to help you avoid an incompetent or dishonest supplier, and what are some of the corresponding green flags of a company you can trust. 
So let's start with some quick examples of scams from Shane Akar, Jean-Claude Malingret, Neil Barrow, and Matthew Cruz. When I went to the house, I saw it was MTN batteries. What is an MTN? So you know the cell phone towers? Yeah. Those cell phone tower batteries, like MTN cell phone tower batteries that they steal out of the towers. They just pulled it out of the tower. Those were the batteries that were sitting in this customer's garage and he's none the wiser. My goodness. So so there is some of that type of stuff. I mean, they must be pretty good batteries though, right? They are. They're very good batteries. <laughs> but for the MTN you're branding. You're not on the really side. allowed to have those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when they say SA National Defense Force, that's a red flag. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. is like, wait, yeah. <laughs> why do I have, I shouldn't have things like that. They are taking used car, electric car batteries from Europe, trying to dump them into South Africa now. The other guys who are the fly-by-nighters, of course, you got to be so careful. They might be a lot cheaper. Um, but remember, and there's many, many stories or not just stories but actually we've had to deal with a lot of people who got us to fix their problems after they installer they can't get a hold of the installer they've changed their number they're gone and south africans are very price sensitive so people would just be importing chinese uh, products um, which have no support the warranties are worth nothing and uh, they also have fake safety certificates and it's only a matter of time before they get busted for that and your installation's illegal One of the acid tests here is price. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Okay, let's talk about some red flags. How do you spot a scam or a chancer? Generally, a giveaway is if they're not VAT registered. (laughs) That should be an immediate red flag. Like, okay, these guys are not charging VATs, so they're not VAT registered. That would be a concern for me. All you can do is go with repeatable installers that have been around for at least as long as the warranty they're offering. I mean, it should be common sense to anybody that if you're buying a product from somebody that's got a 10-year warranty and they've been around for two, three years, uh, what's your warranty worth? Some of the guarantees work in a way where, like your 10-year warranty on some products, they only cover the balance of warranty. So if you've had your system for five years and it breaks, and this is one of the very popular consumer products, and people don't talk about these things, um, is that they will only then cover 50% of the repair costs. So, And then also some of the things we've seen, waiting lists of seven months when something, and some systems like ours, for example, ours are modular. We can send an engineer out, we can replace components in in our inverter, and the customer can carry on with life. Some of these things, like the high-frequency inverters, you have to pull it off the wall and you have to send it away. Some of the waiting lists are seven months before the customer gets those systems back. So a very straightforward way to be safe is to use installers who have been around for a long time, who are clearly not part of this upsurge of new uh, suppliers and installers entering the market. But if everyone did that, then no one would ever get a chance to earn their chops, right? Also, the suppliers that have been in the market for a long time may be too busy or too expensive, or there may just not be a long-lived supplier in your area. So we can't use that as the only measure of trustworthiness. So some other things to consider. The general sense of professionalism that you get from them. The level of knowledge that they impart as they're talking to you about the project and what they propose for you. If their cost is one third of other suppliers that you get quotes for, that's a definite red flag. Obviously, you'll check out their reviews. You'll check out Hello Peter. Here are a couple of little subtleties around reviews. Here's Neil Barrow from Solar Advice. When there's only like, say, four or five reviews and they're five star, you know, it, they, not, they haven't been in the game long enough. So every electrician is always going to have 
a problem somewhere mm-hmm. and having a um, you know an installation company that's five stars throughout i feel is a is a red flag fake reviews employees reviewing their own company that kind of thing is something that happens so the larger the number of reviews in general the better especially if they've got a pretty high average but don't expect five stars for everything as neil says electricians plumbers any kind of work like that there will always be negative experiences because things always go wrong during these things at the top end of the market, people like Shane Akar from Maxicoms take things very seriously. So it's very important that the whole makeup of the actual solution works. So for example, when we get a new customer and we get an order, right? That order goes through to a team of 16 engineers who table that customer's project. That's how technical our build is. Verily, this vicious soise of verbiage veers most verbose, so let me simply add that it's my very good honor to meet you, and you may call me... Okay, so let's move away from red flags and talk about what a company can do to prove that they are worth trusting. These things boil down to compliance, training, and references. On the compliance side, both government and insurance companies are definitely upping the standards. So there's lots of different things that have to be included in that build to make it SANS compliant. Right. Um, and we have to stay up to date with all of that in order to have our facilities. In order for the deal to commence, we have to get to the short-term insurance to cover it. And we have to jump through their hoops in order to get it done. And they're getting strict. You know, These days, it's not just a simple cover it anymore. Um, they want X, Y, and Z. They want SSEMs. They want COCs. They want all the different, what is your take on if there is a problem? What is your plan of action in order to resolve the problem? Right. How have you built the system? What is in that system to eradicate and mitigate risks? So there's there's lots of questions coming back now because houses have burnt down. Yeah. There have been electrical shortages. Yeah. Um, and the insurance will look for any reason not to cover the person. So... Yes, you are at a tremendous amount of risk in terms of if you do go with the wrong customer because it might work for now, you might might be great, but what's it going to be like in a year's time? What's it going to be like in three years' time? What's it going to be like when you sell your house? You know, those are questions that people don't think about when they're looking at just getting the best deal. Yeah. So, But just be, be aware of these things, you know, and ask those questions. Okay, so qualifications. Your system has to be installed by a qualified electrician registered with the Departments of Energy and Labor. A professional electrical engineer must also sign off the work which requires registration with the Engineering Council of South Africa. Your system also has to be registered with the municipality or local authority, which you can do yourself, but all of my guests suggest that you ask your supplier whether the certificates of compliance is included and whether the application to the municipality for installation is also included in their plan. If at any point your supplier says, ah, we don't need that part, that's a red flag. Matthew Cruz suggests asking your supplier about their training. Yeah, so so I'd look at, the, do they have any affiliations with the Sapia Green Card program? Sapia Green Card is, is one that's a, it's a course that, that installation team will go on to learn how to do good quality installations. But it won't confirm necessarily that alone that's, that the company does quality installations. Also, there's the Greenstone Academy uh, that's that's assisting with installation teams to become competent. So, so yeah, those are the two big ones. Ask them if they have affiliations with that, if their teams go through that. We've talked about those little intuitive things that you might pick up in a conversation. We've talked about how long the company's been around, reviews, uh, compliance, training, certification, right? But here's kind of the golden thing. Here's the real hack 
to finding out who you can trust. Contactable references. References from recently installed clients. And not one we installed last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone we installed a year ago, two years ago, that kind of scenario. How is the system performing? Is it living up to your expectations? Is everything that you're promised would be powered, is it being powered? So ask them, have you installed in my neighborhood? And can I get the number of that person so I can phone them and ask them about the experience? That for me is the biggest the biggest uh, hurdle that I would put any company through that you're thinking about getting solar for. Because if if they can give you those, then it means that they actually are doing quality installations. And then from there, you can say, cool, I want the same team to come and do this, the same thing at my house. Avengers! In my research for the show, I came across a great article by Milton's Matsmela, a conveyancing company. The article included a bunch of questions to ask a supplier before you go ahead with a solar power installation. Just grab those questions and ask them to any supplier, and by the end of this pop quiz, you'll know whether they're trustworthy or not. I've put the questions in the show notes, so you can just copy paste it straight out of the show notes, or you can click through to the article which I've linked to in the show notes as well. And thank you to Milton's Matsumela for allowing me to repost their questions. That is it for episode three, who you can trust. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. My name is Jonathan Vanka, your host. My company is Pink Productions. You can find it at pinkproductions.net. If you're immigration curious, you can check out my other show, South African Expats, which is easy to find on any listening platform. And what else can I tell you? Credit goes to my guests, Matthew Cruz from Home Energy, Jean-Claude Malingret from Rubicon, Shane Eckar from... Maxicoms and Neil Barrow from Solar Advice. Thank you so much to them for their help. Also credit to my son for being our little uh, load shedding voice in our interstitial jokes. If you've got any suggestions for changes, any mistakes I've made that you want to point out, anything that you can do to help, please get in touch with me at uh, john at pinkproductions.net and I will update the episodes if I've made any major errors, which is entirely possible. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends. 